Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the VC Pruna podcast, a podcast that provides a unique perspective of the startup world through the lens of venture capitalists and entrepreneurs. I'm your host Dikjay and today I have with me Apramya Radhakrishna, co-founder at Koo Vocal and Taxi for sure, who is a regional language microblogging and social networking platform with more than 10 million users, while Vocal is India's largest vernacular Q&A platform. Prior to Vocal and Koo, Apramya founded Taxi for sure, a cab-hailing platform which was later acquired by Ola for 200 million in 2015 and IIM Ahmedabad alum Apramya is also an active angel investor in the ecosystem and has invested in startups like Pocket Aces and Academy Tap Chief Daily Ninja among others in this episode Apramya talks about his path leading up to entrepreneurship founding Taxi for Sure and exiting to Ola founding Vocal and Co to build a vernacular ecosystem for India identifying people that can act as a sounding board retaining talent fundraising lessons and more i had a great chat with apramya on all things venture building and i hope you enjoy this conversation too so without much ado let's jump in and find out what apramya has to share hey apramya welcome to the vc pruna podcast very excited to have you with us today thanks a lot vijay uh, happy to be on the show No absolutely it's our pleasure uh, so apramya you know for those who don't know you yet uh, you know maybe we can start with a brief background about yourself and you know walk us through your journey leading up to vocal and co yeah absolutely so i'm from bangalore i'm a kannadiga uh, was born in bangalore and uh, did my schooling here and then went on to to my engineering at nit suratkal uh, did my mba at iim amdavad and throughout this journey of studying uh, you know never once did i think of starting up or even attended an interview from a startup or never took a course on startups right so you know through my education you know all i knew was okay i'll get a job and i'll work for the rest of my life so that that was my mindset uh, right when once i started working uh, post mba that's when i realized that what running a business is all about and you know my role at jozang lasal you know enabled me to go and meet various uh, real estate entrepreneurs actually uh, some of them were you know just starting off their first project some of them were uh, you know developers and you know other folks who who basically had constructed multiple pro- projects already right so uh, there were a lot of learnings and uh, also at jozang lasal you know started understanding what a business is all about and how you make money and you know a lot of insight into real business right and started getting ideas read about flipkart and redbus and those were inspirations uh, to actually think of starting up again right um, so you know a corporate job is a corporate job as in you are expected to do your role but you know any new idea and everything is not really encouraged because you know you have a set process and you have a set goal to go after so started thinking about starting up only after reading about startups and getting a true sense of the business world right so that's when you know i started talking to a few of my friends each friend i spoke to about a different idea to start up with and uh, you know some of them uh liked it some of them didn't and finally me and ragu met up uh, to discuss some ideas and uh, you know finally ended up talking about going from one place to another and started you know writing down our solution on a piece of tissue paper 
and uh, said, oh, okay, with a click of a button, we should be able to get a taxi. And that's how Taxi for Sure started. So yeah, so Taxi for Sure was a three and a half year journey. And you know, we sold to Ola at the end of it for $200 million. Started wondering about uh, what's the next big thing. And you know, observed that all empowering internet products, which allow you to search for information, to connect with other people, to communicate or express yourself, were all mostly English first product and uh, open networks like Twitter or Instagram or Quora were all in English. And, you know, it, it wasn't really catering to the needs of the new internet users who were going to primarily use the internet in, in Indian languages. Uh, so that's how, you know, started thinking about building products for Bharat. Yeah, that's that's a fascinating and inspiring journey so far, Apramya. And, you know, we'll talk about some specifics from that journey shortly. Yeah. But, you know, coming to Vocal and uh, Koo, you know, if you could walk us and expand on the genesis phase of Vocal, you know, what was the personal motivation to start something, you know, in this space? It was a complete change from uh, starting a ride-hailing platform to starting a social content platform. So if you could talk about the personal motivation and, you know, how did you go about validating the need for a vernacular platform like this? Yeah, so, you know, the motivation to start was the number of people's lives you could impact. At Taxi for sure, the number of drivers' lives that were impacted by, you know, starting a ride-hailing app was immense. And, you know, there were drivers who would stop and say thank you to me on the roads of Bangalore, right? So, you know, it really left an impact on me. And, uh, and I told myself that that is the true calling, right? Like how many people's lives can you positively impact? And if you impact it positively, then, you know, everything else falls in place. So, you know, started thinking about, okay, what are the most frequently used apps in the English world? And, you know, of course, our first product uh, that we tried to create was a voice first WhatsApp. And, uh, you know, network building for a messenger app when WhatsApp was already around, even though it was 2016, uh, was quite difficult. WhatsApp was already entrenched. So uh, we, we kept thinking about, okay, voice as a mode. And, you know, we kept exploring uh, different use cases for voice. Uh, the bet was that the next few hundreds of millions of users will use voice as a significant way of communication. And uh, during that journey, we, we uh, said, okay, why don't we make a voice uh, status update platform, right? And we tried that out. In that platform, we basically saw that most people were asking questions and getting answers. So we then saw that, you know, 40% of Google's questions were being asked in local language and in voice. And all of those questions were landing on answer pages right, which were in English and in text. So that wasn't the greatest experience for a new internet user, right? So we said, okay, why don't we go ahead and we saw that on vocal, people are asking questions with voice and there is a need to build a voice repository of answers on the internet. So we built a community to give answers to all those questions that were being asked, right? And uh, that was the genesis of vocal to, you know, go on to become a question answer platform in voice. So yeah, so right now Vocal is close to 20 million monthly active users, all free. We're looking to grow it to 100 million uh, monthly active users over, over a period of time. Right. Oh, very interesting. And, you know, once you identified the need, the market potential, you know, you expanded that surface area further with the launch of Koo, you know, which was kind of an offshoot of Vocal. So, you know, could you also talk about how the idea of Koo came about while you were 
you know already developing and building on vocal so it's almost like an ecosystem play that that opened up for you right uh, with two different platforms now vocal and ku yeah so if you look at vocal it's more a question answer use case which is quora like or google like in nature so it is it is a web first experience so most of quora's users are on the web most of google's users are, are on the web right so similarly most of vocal's users are also on the web so we said you know we should definitely look at a high frequency app first use case as well right that was that was anyway going on in our minds and then we got some user insights that uh, in a trip to lucknow kanpur we asked a few people what their interest was and they were blank right like they didn't know what their interest was but as soon as we flipped it and said who do you admire the most within half a second they could come up with a name from is officers to politicians to actors to sportsmen so that rang a bell uh, saying okay we have to create a people first platform right not content first then some of our vocal answerers uh, who are answering in hindi they requested us to make a feature so that they could express whatever they had in mind and not just you know answer questions on the platform so all of this kind of came together and we said okay let's uh, put out a button saying express on vocal and see what happens right so that never worked so vocal is a extremely high question answer mood on the platform right so uh, free expression never worked out so we said okay let's take this button out and make a separate app uh, out of vocal uh, and we named it ku that's how we started off in november 2019 we started coding uh this app and uh, you know in march 2020 we launched it in one local language uh, which is kannada uh, you know got a few journalists from mandya to start using and start giving feedback to us so yeah so that's how ku started wonderful and like you said you started building this much before you know the geopolitical situation changed which kind of yeah brought in some tailwinds but you are you know much ready and you are listening to some of those uh, user insights you know much earlier yeah. uh, so that kind of helped and it's it's a very uh, tricky space to build in and it's now picking up you know accessing the bharat and the vernacular audience in itself is now becoming relatively easy with the deep you know smartphone and internet penetration across you know rural india but it's still a very different target segment which has its own peculiar characteristics and you are you know seeking and listening to those insights very clearly which helped you build you know not just one but two vernacular customer persona platforms so you know the question i have is it's very challenging you know to build for this unique audience it's still new and uh, founders are still you know trying to learn and unlearn what's the best approach to build for this audience uh what were some challenges that you faced you know while you were building both these apps and there might be some lessons for you know founders that are currently building for this segment yeah so i think the biggest challenge was uh, my first startup taxi for sure was a startup that we built for ourselves right like we were the end consumer i would be able to use the app or use the cab and you know experience it and see how we can make it better right and take it to the best experience possible but in the world of social media and especially in local languages you almost have to behave like you don't know english and that is a very difficult thing to do right because you already do know english and you know it's the easiest way for you to communicate and express yourself for you to you know put yourself in the position of a user who might look at english like french right 
for all that matters. So uh, how do you experience that and how do you make a product for that? So that I think we took some time to learn. Of course, you know, in a transaction company, you come, you want a cab, you book it, cab comes, you go and get dropped off. That's a very straightforward transaction, right? Like there's an end to the transaction. You know whether user is happy with the experience or not. Um, but in, in a social network, it's a everyday thing, right? Like even on Instagram, you will like some posts, you won't like some. Now, it is a never-ending journey of finding out the ever-changing likes and dislikes of one single person. Now you're trying to build it for billions of people. So I think, you know, we have to change our mindset as well to say, okay, this, this is a forever journey, right? Like, you know, there is no right or wrong, or, you know, there's no end to a transaction and you have to keep building. Yeah. So as in just changing your mindset to accept this and build is, was, was a big challenge. Understood. So what was the change in approach, you know, that you made any, anything specific that you'd like to mention uh, that could help other founders that are, you know, also building in this space? Try to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, you have to define the framework with which you operate, right? So you can't be everything to everyone. The fact that, you know, just free expression wasn't something that people wanted to do on vocal is itself an insight, right? Like, you know, every product is known for one thing. Like Instagram is for lifestyle. Facebook is for family and friends, right? LinkedIn is for professionals. So, you have to be very clear on what you're building for and really, really go deep, not try to be everything for everybody. Yeah, makes sense. Aprema, you know, moving on, I, I want to uh, talk about some aspects of second time entrepreneur and you and Mayang both have, you know, in a way experienced a complete, you know, starting up and setting up processes from scratch from your initial journey, uh, you know, with Taxi for Sure and with Redbus for Mayang. So when you started all over again, you know, with vocal and coup, you know, what were the aspects of venture building that you particularly wanted to prioritize or, you know, optimize for as a second time entrepreneur, you know, anything that you wanted to approach differently versus how you approached it at your previous ventures? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there were a few learnings from Taxi for sure. One is, you know, don't be inward, always know what the market wants. You might have decided a strategy, but it's always good to know what the market also wants. So we were at TaxiVisure focusing a lot on unit level profitability and you know various other things, which, which was actually a great way to build a company, right? Um, but probably a slightly slower way. But you know the market wanted to back the most aggressive player out there who would accelerate the journey to where it should be, right? So that is something that I think I have learned and I've said, you know, we, sh we need to dream big and dream to reach the end goal as quickly as possible. As a founder, you're given money to accelerate the journey. If people wanted to build a slow business, then, you know, money need not have been raised. Yeah. You could uh, bootstrap and build it forever as well. So if you choose to raise money, then you also have to understand that it is obvious that everybody wants the journey accelerated. And especially when, you know, like you mentioned, the market is demanding that and there are competitive forces at play in a way where, you know, speed is given more value, you know, than uh, unit economics at that point in time. Correct. Yeah. 
and you know we talk a lot about you know the maturing of the indian startup ecosystem today See, seeing so many uh, you know founders coming up and starting for the second time and there's a lot that's been spoken about you know the advantages that come with it but you know you're you're still starting down a completely different path at a different point in time uh-huh. many a times in a very different market so you're going to learn new things and it's still going to require new skills plus you know the other bias or challenge which i see is with second time founders people believe in you more and challenge you less because you've, you've already done it for them you've already got an exit so there is a successful use case so it becomes difficult to surround yourself with you know strong partners and advisors who bring a diverse perspective that pushes you and challenges you uh, and you know sh- helps you reflect on your business in new ways uh, so wanted to understand you know how do you deal with this dynamic uh, as a founder how do you create that environment where you're not surrounding yourself with just you know people who say yes but are actually telling you the truth and giving you candid feedback yeah so i think uh, you know each founder's personality kind of attracts the kind of employees who will only say yes or actually challenge right so in my case i think you know i've given enough freedom for everybody in the team to be able to come and ask questions and ask why we are doing something right if in case i have not already set it out right so i think that freedom is already always there and i think you know that's important but what i also realize is that more than the founders see the founders put a lot of things together and take a decision the folks that come to work with you probably don't have as wide a perspective always so there are some decisions that have to be taken for the department i think they will uh, they will take that decision a lot better for that department right but if you have to stitch everything together and take a decision as a company i think you know founders have an edge over there so knowing when to democratize decisions who to do it with and what context is also an important thing of running a company right so you can't be dictatorial nor can you be totally democratic right early stages i think it's a lot more tending towards founders taking most calls and as you grow as an organization it gets decentralized and the fact that you know you built an organization helps you decentralize as well where more and more people either through discussions or the fact that they know more about the business can take the same calls that you would have taken so if you can't replace yourself beyond a point then you haven't done a great job of building the company absolutely and in your experience you know what has worked to create that kind of an environment you know it could not just be with your employees that are working at the company but also you know some investors that are uh, with you on this journey right and they also might have the positive bias like i said right of you having built a successful company and exited so how do you build a sounding board around you to also get that feedback when you need it you you basically try to identify folks that have been in similar spaces as you but not entirely similar because you need the different perspective as well right so at least so you can't get somebody who has only been involved with transaction companies to become your advisor in a social network but social networks haven't been built in india so far right but content plays have been built so can you sound off some of these questions you have with at least a content person rather than a social person right so that's one of the important things to look for right so can you find somebody uh, that you trust that you think 
can help but from something similar to what you're doing no i think that's definitely helpful and you know asking yourself that question and trying to understand what you know what kind of person do you really want that can also relate with you but at the same time bring out that diverse perspective that you actually need uh you know one other aspect that we are seeing now especially at this point in time in the ecosystem is uh, the competition that we are seeing in hiring you know there is a clear supply and demand mismatch with so much growth capital flowing into the ecosystem and we are hearing about companies you know trying to attract talent by offering all kinds of you know expensive perks so what has been you know your approach at this point you know how do you fundamentally think about attracting and retaining talent uh, you know in, in such an environment yeah so i think talent cut is a big big challenge for for us at the moment uh, for the whole ecosystem i think you know salaries have just gone through the roof everybody is getting probably double of what they actually can deliver right it's almost like that right uh, because you know other ecosystems like american uh, silicon valley they basically grew over a period of time so the folks who are part of the ecosystem also grew in terms of taking ownership responsibility they also had time to deep dive into the skill itself if you're into coding marketing whatever you are into you spent enough time to become a master of it and then your salaries kind of like increased over a period of time i think indian ecosystem what has happened is it's accelerated so fast that uh, people haven't been given enough time to actually learn some of these softer aspects of ownership market realities tuning yourself to market realities you know all of those things right or in in certain cases you you might not have even learned enough of the skill that you need to know so that's that's the market and you know uh, of course different people have different ways of solving it i think the long term way of solving it is to make the freshers who are graduating a lot more hireable or a lot more suited for the startup ecosystem so we are actually trying to build a finishing school just for ourselves right so infosys had a training institute for which trained people for 3 months so we were thinking you know for who final year students uh, go and see who's interested in being part of social media and see if we can train them with what what is required and you know select some of the best of them to join us at the end of it so our approach is to solve for long term while we have to you know hustle and try and get you know engineers and other folks to join us right now got it no that's definitely a novel approach and you know good to hear you know insights directly from you know someone who's actually facing it and experiencing it on ground and with all kinds of companies you know with all kinds of funding rounds that we are hearing about every day it's definitely something which needs to be addressed and you know probably there are two or three you know other startup opportunities where we can bring uh, you know freshers graduates industry ready and help them with the skill set that you know a lot of startups that are coming up and that will be coming up in the future will need uh apramya you know with that uh, i want to move on to a to a next segment uh, you know talk about the fundraising experience and if you could tell us about your learnings from the fundraising experience at taxi for sure that helped you and you know something that you brought on here while you were raising funds for vocal and co i think fundraising is a combination of a lot of things uh, coming together right like one is it a problem worth solving uh, if it's a problem worth solving 
is your solution 10 times better than the existing solutions right after you've got that right then you have to get yourself right which means are you the right person to be solving this or running this right so some amount of self awareness of whether you're the right person to be running a company like this. so i think all three things right and whether the market is large enough if you want to go down the path of raising money and you know all of those things then you have to have a large enough market as well so i think being true to yourself about answering these questions is very important to end up in a place where you, you get to raise money right because observation is that if you have a great product market fit right money will follow at the end of it the founder has to be a person who can who can really execute well on the dream that is there but at the end of it the business idea and how strong the product market fit is is what defines how much money you raise yeah the market will make you execute but if you don't find product market fit no matter what you try you won't be able to execute clearly nor raise money so money comes in as soon as the users are happy and it should be a big big enough problem so i think you know instead of making a fundraising about a strategy in itself i think focusing on the real need of the user and you know getting it right and you know knowing what you're building in the future and being able to communicate it well is the most important thing and money will uh, definitely search for you after that yeah and that's a very important first principles approach to fundraising like you said you know having that self awareness and more importantly timing it right you know when do you want to go and actually raise funds have you solved for the questions you know uh, that you should ask yourself and do you have the right answers before you actually go and approach the investors so that's definitely helpful apramya uh, but were there any specific lessons or specific learnings you know while you were fundraising Uh, once you were in market and raising funds no so with our own experience i think you know for vocal and who so vocal was you know we had an idea and of building for the next hundreds of millions of people right so that was what we raised money on whereas you know as we executed we kind of like figured out product market fit for vocal then we also found this amazing idea called who so who is is a very special story right because uh, you know there are only a few products in in india where the entire country will use it directly right from the m- most prominent leaders you know celebrities to the common man right usually you see that you know companies are built for one particular you know segment of the society right like for example even a taxi for sure taxi for sure would like the number of people who could pay for a taxi every day is only that many people right let's say maximum it was 100 million 200 million people right but it's not fitting into the story of 1.3 billion people so similarly education at any point in time will have that many students who are interested so i think at any one point in time if there is a product that is used by everybody passionately that is who and that's why it is special so it's a fabric of india like everything you see in india you see on who you know today who is the hero we are just people running it uh, who has to hit its potential of not just being in india but also giving social media to the rest of the world right so i think there's there's a long way to go and you know for who you know being part of such a story is 
I'm I'm saying as the founder, I find it a privilege to be able to run a company like you. So the same is happening with all the folks who want to invest in the company. Like we've got a stellar set of investors who all see the story of how large Poo can be and how impactful it can be. So did you think about you know a specific approach in terms of what investors do you want to onboard? You know, given this vision in mind and given this opportunity in mind, like you said, which is very unique and, you know, maybe not all investors would be the right fit, you know, while you are trying to scale on this journey and with this market, did you bring that thinking in, uh, you know, when you were thinking about which investors do you really want to get on board? Well, I think a story like who needs investors who think big, dream big, have patience to, uh, you know, actually do something for the first time in India and also then take it to the world, right? So short-term investors looking for quick returns, they definitely won't able to write a story like who or invest in it. So I think the set of investors we've had are all um, investors who really deeply believe in who, the potential of who, and you know, have the appetite to, you know, in terms of, time and money to uh, back something like this. Got it. Yeah. And, and that's something, you know, which I wanted to gauge is, you know, whether that was a consideration and it clearly was, uh, you need, you know, an investor who is patient, both in terms of capital, as well as, you know, in terms of time that is needed for a startup like who is targeting such a big market. And, you know, one other aspect, and I want to point out to a specific investor here and India is close to 50 unicorns today. And Tiger is an investor in almost 40% of these. And you raised Series B funding, uh, you know, and Tiger was was one of the, you know, key investors there. Do you see it as a, you know, big landmark yourself? And, you know, question two is beyond the capital, you know, how do you see specifically growth stage investors, you know, add value uh, to startups today? Yeah, I think uh, it's a privilege to be working with uh, a renowned name like Tiger Global. Uh, you know, they are the investors in uh, Flipkart, Ola, you know, so many other early successes that India has seen, right? So it's it's indeed a pleasure to have them as a backer. Um, I think growth stage investors, you know, definitely start bringing in, uh, you know, the need for maturity in the business, which means, you know, are there enough processes? Are you measuring enough? So I think that's the first twist with, you know, you going from ad hoc, somehow make this work to, okay, it's working. Now I have to make a process out of everything so that everything runs forever, right? So I think that's the biggest thing that happens, right? Uh, you, you start becoming a little more uh, mature as a company, the kind of people you onboard, it's not just about the founders, but it is also about the team under you. So a lot of things change with the growth stage investors. Absolutely. So uh, Apramya, you know, one last question before we jump into our final segment, the rapid fire. Uh, you've also been, you know, angel investing in startups yourself uh, for a while now. So just wanted to understand, uh, you know, what's the thesis and investment approach when you are, you know, evaluating startups and uh, trying to write a small check for them? It's actually exactly mapped to what I was saying before. Do you have a great problem? 10x, this, 10x better a solution. Is the founder the right person to solve the particular business challenge? And added to that, 
you know i personally like you know founders who who are nimble and who are not you know very rigid in their thinking uh, because your thinking can uh, needs to keep changing you can't think that your what you thought was right and i'm only going to do that right so i think these are the set of things that i look for got it no and i think that that's very helpful and you know uh, reflective of your approach to both you know company building uh, with how you've gone about you know your journey with vocal and co and also with your investment approach so definitely hits a chord uh, you know with that uh, apramya i want to switch gears and get into our final segment which is rapid fire i'll ask some questions and hope to get your you know immediate honest thoughts on the same sure thing cool uh, first question uh, one thing that you'd like to change to improve the state of the indian startup ecosystem today i think uh, the number of people who who actually start up uh, you know that can increase quite significantly so that i think can change if you had to give a ted talk uh, what topic would you choose and why the importance of getting uh, becoming 1% better every day the most memorable pitch meeting that you had with a founder while you are evaluating a founder as an angel investor i've had a few guys like you know daily ninja is uh, is a company that i invested in and i remember anurag coming alone and you know he, i don't think he even expected me to say yes that day i did say yes and his reaction was uh, fun to watch vcs and founders uh, from the ecosystem that you admire and look up to vcs i think you know i have a personality trait which is which is more suited to an axel and a bloom and you know all of these guys so i think uh, early stage at least those are the funds that i kind of like and in bloom of course there's kartik reddy and in axel prashant and anand who i've worked with closely and um, i think there are lots of founders who have achieved so much right like you know from 20 years ago like deep kalra uh, founder of make my trip he advised us uh, when we went with you know just an idea of taxi for sure and we he said yeah this solution has to exist and you guys have to do it and that gave us a lot of uh, confidence to actually go and quit our jobs and actually take it up full time right so deep kalra and uh, you know of course this sanjeev bikindani who's really really been there through the evolution of the star- indian startup ecosystem right so i think definitely look up to them as i was saying right in the beginning of the conversation you know stories about flipkart and redbus is what made me also take the plunge so yeah so i think lots of the earlier stories are definitely an inspiration and the founders yep awesome uh, abramya you know thanks a lot for patiently answering all our questions and sharing your candid thoughts uh, any f- last thoughts that you want to leave our uh, you know leave both current and aspiring founders that are listening to you on this podcast so actually uh, you know whichever aspect of life it is whether it's your startup whether it's yourself you know whatever you choose i think in your chosen focus area becoming 1% better every day is extremely important stagnation is the killer of all enthusiasm right uh, so i think feeling momentum build up uh, as you progress uh, in whatever field you want to i think is very important wonderful and i think that's a perfect note you know to end a conversation on um, abramya like i said thanks again uh, for taking your time and being on the show and you know hopefully we'll have you back on the show sometime soon again Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks a lot for uh, having me on the show.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the VC Bruno podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let our guests know about it. Share your thoughts on social media and let them know what were your key takeaways. We would truly appreciate if you could subscribe to our podcast on the podcast platform of your choice and leave us a review on Apple iTunes. This will help others discover the podcast. To get insights and to learn more about startups and venture capital, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We will love to hear from you there. You can find all episodes together on our website, thevcpreneur.com. We will be back again next week with another VC Preneur that is making a dent in the venture universe. Until then, take care and keep shining.